Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Back by popular demand is my son, also a youth pastor, Turner Schwartz. We were able to talk a little bit in a previous episode about creating a culture um, of discipleship among students. In that episode, we brought up the topic of really helping parents. How do we disciple our students? So we're going to address that in today's episode. But one of the things that I talk a lot with parents is that when we're dealing with our children, we want to look at children and recognize that they are three parts, right? We are body, soul, and spirit. And I think a lot of times as parents, especially when our kids are little, but also this is why we get frustrated as they become teacher or teenagers. Mm-hmm. As they're little, we do behavior modification. And so we deal with the body, we deal with the behavior, um, but we don't disciple the soul and we don't pastor the spirit. Mm-hmm. So when we're addressing our children three part, body, soul, and spirit, we want to address behavior. We want to disciple the soul and we want to pastor the spirit. So it kind of flip-flops in some regard. As our children are young, obviously we're doing mostly behavior modification, but you shouldn't be doing only behavior Mm -hmm. modification. That's the challenge because what happens is then when our teenagers get to be old, we can't control their behavior anymore. They're doing things behind our back. Definitely can't control (laughs) And when we do, it kind of brings out this rebellious spirit, right? Right. So um, I'm going to kind of be referring back to that because you're, we're going to be talking mostly about students. You know, you mentioned Pastor Kat and how she works with kids and it might be a great uh, interaction for us to have her on to talk more about school-age kids. But I'll throw some of that stuff in there. But the point is, is as you hear us talking, the point is, is it is so important that you recognize that you are not just modifying behavior when your children are small. And I'm talking about six, seven, eight months old. If you're already starting to speak the character of Christ in them, pastor their spirit, discipleship them on what it looks like to be filled with the joy of the Lord, um, then as they become teenagers, as you shift, then your main role becomes pastoring the spirit, discipling the soul, and hopefully the behavior modification comes under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's the goal, right? Yes. So I'm going to kick it over to you um, to kind of jump in on that. Yeah, I love it. I think, uh, you know, so much of even like what we do on Wednesday nights is just like there's so much that I can't do, right? And so, but there's so much that the Holy Spirit can do. Ooh, I love it. So it's like, why, you know, why would I even bother when I know the Holy Spirit can do it 10 times better than I can? (laughs) So like, let's just, let's just get as much Holy Spirit in the room as we can and and let Him do the work, you know? Um, But man, I, I really feel like, you know, if not the biggest part of my job is resourcing parents um, to know how to how to parent their teen, you yeah. know, and, and what to do. And um, I had a conversation with a mom this morning whose daughter used the word suicide in conversation. And that's a phone call I have to make, right? Like, hey, you know, just letting you know your daughter, here's some resources I have for you. Yes. Here's what you can, these kind of conversations that you can have with your daughter. Uh, with regards to suicide and if she wants even more than this we have a great resource called crazy eight ministries that our church supports and you know these are things that i walk parents through weekly um on how to have conversations with their kids um but it's interesting i I think there's i think there's two big barriers okay 
Let's go. With parents um, that I've seen, and there's there's more barriers for sure, and you can probably chime in, but two big barriers that I've seen with parents and why they don't disciple their kids. Okay. Um, number one, they don't know what it looks like because they've never been discipled. So real practical, right? Like, I don't even know what discipleship looks like because I'm, I'm not currently being discipled and I've never been discipled, yeah. so I don't know how to do it. And then number two, um, and this is more of just a shame piece to it, right? My kids have seen me at my worst, so how can I disciple them? You know, my kids have seen my angry outbursts. They've seen my fights with my husband or my wife. They've seen me, you know, come home looking like a mess and cursing and stuff. So what right do I have as a parent to, mm -hmm. to look like Christ, you know, yeah. when they've seen me in my worst. And, um, and my argument towards the, to, towards the second piece of that is, um, I actually kind of like that they see you at your worst because that opens the door to yes. a lot of discipleship yes. opportunities, you know? So throw shame out the window. Yeah, you know, obviously, whatever your worst is, is not great, right? Like, we want to be perfect around our kids, but it's just not realistic, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we all mess up, um, and we've been in our worst around kids before, but that's an opportunity for you to disciple and go, mm -hmm. hey, here's where I messed up. I mean, how liberating is it to apologize to your kids? It really is. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean... It's freeing for them as well. Yes. Look, they already see it. So if you think, oh, I don't want to admit it because uh, then they're going to know it. They already know it. They already know it. <laughs> <laughs> because yep. I'm counseling your children, so trust me, they already see it. They already know it. And it is it is beautiful because I've been, again, I've, I've worked with parents, but I also work with a lot with teenagers. And mm -hmm. I've been on that teenager side of the room and hearing them and how it really affects them yeah. when parents repent for, I didn't parent oh, you well, I lost my almost, stuff on you. Oh, it there's is, almost nothing more powerful than yes. that, you know, than forgiveness in a, in a parent-student relationship. Yes. And uh, gosh, it's just, it, that's just so powerful. Mm -hmm. And there's, um, I, I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, because I, I had something, and I know it was I know it was the Holy Spirit too, because it wasn't something that I had planned on bringing in here. Um, come back to me. Okay, come back to, come back to you. So let's go yeah. back to the first piece. Mm -hmm. So you brought the, I think those are good two two points for us to discuss. You talked about how they don't feel like I don't even know what discipleship looks like, mm. which is the whole purpose of this. Yes. You got it. I got my thought. Okay, go yeah. go. Yeah. It has to do with point number one. So circling back to that, I think the 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 common misunderstanding. With that first piece is, I've never been discipled, so I don't know what it's looked like. Well, I, I think there's just a misunderstanding of discipleship of a whole is, um, like, discipleship is not, I want you to look like me. Discipleship is, I want you to look like Christ. Yes. And so if, if I'm doing my best as a parent to become more and more like Christ, then, you, then you've already got it. Like, you've already got the tools to do discipleship. I think where parents run into run into issues is when they're trying to make their kid look just like them. Correct. And that's not the goal. Yes. The, the goal is I want my kid to look just like Christ, mm -hmm. as I'm also trying to look just like Christ. Mm -hmm. That makes discipleship a whole lot easier because they're not going to fit into your box. They might have your eyes or your mm -hmm. hair or whatever, but it's not going to look the same for them as it did for you. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's an important piece. And in one of the episodes, I talked a lot about how different Kate and I are mm -hmm. and how she oh. raised me up to look like me. Like she doesn't, for her, it's a personal conviction. She doesn't speak from a stage. She doesn't speak in front of men. She wears the head covering. Obviously, that does not look like me. It is not the anointing that I carry. And so she's raised me up to look like me. I love that you brought that up because I think a lot of parents feel very personally offended mm -hmm. when their kids... Um, reject maybe a path that mom and dad think yep. is a path for them and maybe it's not the path for them. Um, and I think in some regard, discipleship really starts by, hey, helping your disciples, whether it's your student, your child, mm -hmm. your disciple, helping them discover who am I, yep. what path am I on, and how do I come alongside you and help you groom your path not the path I think is best for you. Right. And that's difficult it as parents to reconcile because often it's it's a very different path than we want for our children. Um, often it's a very different path than we think our children should go down. But I think that's a hugely important piece that you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, man, just helping kids because kids, you know, there's an age of understanding that they reach, right? And and like you said, up until that age of understanding, a lot of what we're doing is just behavior modification, right? Like, hey, don't hit your friend. Don't, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you can't say that or don't spit on your sister or, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's just stuff like that. But once they reach a certain age of understanding, which is different for every kid, but when they reach that age, then it becomes more of this, like, let's help you discover who you are and let's help you mold and shape into what Christ looks like mm -hmm. and you know it's it's probably more difficult to do that I'm not a parent so I don't know but it's probably more difficult to do that but it's also probably more fun uh, for the parents yes. to get to see their kids have personality well and... plus I me mean, thinking about the yoke of the Lord is easy right mm -hmm. so it's, it's actually that it's easier mm -hmm. when you're molding your child to look like who they're designed to look like right. versus mm -hmm. molding them to look like some someone or something and yeah. whoever else. this book told me i need to yes. you know and honestly so let obviously we have six children you're the oldest of six and we have parented and responded to each one of you very differently mm -hmm. because each one of you are very different there's a passage in Thessalonians that says that, that we should rebuke the unruly, encourage the, help the weak, encourage the faint-hearted, and rebuke the unruly. Mm -hmm. And I love that passage because it's beautiful in dealing with a disciple, whether it's your child, or a student, or just a disciple, that sometimes people won't do the right thing for different reasons. Sometimes it's because they're rebellious and unruly, and that needs to be rebuked. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's just, I'm, I'm tired, and I'm faint-hearted, and I need encouraged. Mm -hmm. And then there are a lot of times um, that they're just weak. They don't know. Um, and this is, that's, a, that's a, something that we constantly keep in mind when we're dealing with the residents, mm -hmm. that we can have one resident respond one way, or do do one thing the same way a different a different resident does it, but we respond to them differently because one of them did it out of a rebellious spirit, and the other one just doesn't know. Just yeah, they're ignorant. Uh, and, yeah. and that can be difficult when you're you're yeah. in the same house because it feels like there's favoritism. It feels like those things. But I think that's part of the parent's responsibility is to ask the Lord, show me each one of my children's heart, and show me how to parent this one. Show me how to parent this one. Show me how to parent this one. Mm. Not show me how to parent all of my That's children. That's so good. They've yeah. got, you've got to, each parent, each child has to be parented uniquely and individually. Yep, yep. We just had this conversation 
a couple days ago with yes. my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> About your dogs, yes, yeah. we did. Because of one of my dogs, I had to alpha the heck out of them, you know, to, to, yes, to get he's him to quit. Yes, he's naughty, he's naughty, he's awful. And then my, my other dog, I, I mean, all she did was see me parent that dog and she won't do anything, you know, she's, I mean, like, she's, she's perfect, the perfect dog, because she doesn't want to get in trouble. And I didn't even discipline her, you know, I mean, it's, in a lot of ways, it's yeah. similar with kids. It is very similar with kids. So let's go back to while we're talking about, we don't know what it looks like to disciple and that's okay. Um, because God wants to disciple you through discipling your children. Yeah. So that is not a deal breaker. No, not at um, all. So God can, God is the perfect mentor for your child, and he will teach you how to disciple your kids. So I want to encourage mm -hmm. you, if you're watching this, just because you haven't had the discipleship experience you want or you think you could have does not mean you are ill-equipped. God will teach you how to disciple your yeah, children. Absolutely will. So when we go back to that very first piece when I talked about modifying behavior, discipling the soul. Let's break down that space on discipling the soul. And when I say the soul, we're talking about the mind, the will, and the emotion. You know, I call it your thinker, your feeler, and your picker. Mm -hmm. So behind every behavior, there is an emotion and a message. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, when we just get stuck on looking at the behavior of a teenager and we don't ask and take time, create space, to try and pursue what is the emotion behind this? What is the message behind this? We are cutting our opportunity to disciple your child very, very short. Yep. So we want to, so just real quick, very practical tip that looks like, ooh, so Mrs. Smith called me today and said that she caught you guys vaping in their room. And now immediately your child's gonna be like, oh my gosh, now, a parent, our inclination is we're afraid, we're freaking out, and so <laughs> we're parenting out of fear, anxiety, I gotta hurry up and have this, and your child can sense that, yep. okay? Mm -hmm. So we're gonna really break it down some practical tips mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. So a better conversation is, first of all, I want you to look at me and I want you to see I'm not shocked, I'm not disappointed, I'm not angry. Now, you might be shocked, you might be disappointed and you might be angry, but you need to work all that out with the Lord before you have a conversation with little Johnny or little Susie, because if you come at them with that, the only thing you will do is cause them to shut you out. The number one goal is we are discipling anybody is we want to cultivate connection. Mm -hmm. We want to cultivate a feeling of safety that I feel safe to connect with my parents, not just in the good times, but in my deepest sin, I feel so safe. My parents would be the first person I go to. Mm -hmm. That is the role. When parents come to me and they're like, well, my kid lies to me all the time. Mm -hmm. My question is, what have you done that your child does not feel safe to be honest, even in sin? Because if you remember, the Bible says that in our greatest sin, God demonstrated love. While we were yet While sinners, we were still. Mm -hmm. God demonstrated love. So... In our children's sin, misbehaviors, failures, mistakes, experiments, whatever it is, those are your greatest opportunities to demonstrate love. Because of course you're gonna love them when they have straight A's. But when you begin to exemplify that, and I'm not saying we're still not gonna 
have discipline in there and boundaries right. and all that stuff. But your first goal should be right now, all I'm concerned about is making you feel safe, that you can connect with me in your mistake, in your sin, in your actions, whatever it is. That needs to be our number one. So I, number one goal, I want to create a safe space mm -hmm. where Susie or Johnny can just be like, yes, I did smoke. I did vape. I did smoke weed. I did have sex, whatever it is. I did cuss out my teacher. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hey, I appreciate that honesty. I'd love for us to talk about that if we could. Mm -hmm. Have a conversation. Yeah. Parents yeah. don't leave room. I'm telling you, it's a hot topic for me because yeah. parents just want to talk at their kids. And when teenagers, if all you're doing is talking at your kids, number one, they ain't hearing you. They are not listening to you. Mm -hmm. You have got to cultivate room, space for them to just be open and honest and free with you. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's it's that last piece of if your kid's not talking to you, like obviously major red flag. You know, it's. There's got to be a conversation that's going on between you and them because, again, they're not three years old. You know, you're not sitting there correcting the whole vape thing or you're not sitting there correcting, you know, obviously, yeah, there's going to be discipline for that. But you're more interested in, is this who you want to be? Like, is this the type of person you want to turn into is looking like this? Or do you think that there might be a better way? Do you think there might be a better better plan that God has mm -hmm. for your life? Mm -hmm. And if you're so busy, you know, you won't, that conversation will never happen. And the goal is to get to that conversation of, the, you know, what's mm -hmm. the better way here? Mm -hmm. What do you think? And your kids know the better way, especially if they're Christians, if they go to church, they have the Holy Spirit. They already Same know. Thing. They already, they already know, know everything way. you're saying to them. Yep. <laughs> and, and so they, they know the better way, but you want to hear them say it. You know, you want to hear them, them tell you, uh, yeah. And you, you want to cultivate that desire within them. Yeah. You don't want them to just do the right thing for all the wrong reasons. Right. Yeah. You really want to cultivate. So I interrupted you. Were your thoughts complete on that? Yeah. Okay. So with, with that, we're just talking about obviously those sticky situations and sticky conversations, but in the non-confrontational times, if you are having very similar conversations where it's not just like, so how was school today? And some of you need to stop and just say, how was school today? Put your phone down and say, and ask questions and, mm -hmm. and act interested, even if they act uninterested, act, share your life. So one of the things in discipleship is is take them with you, share your life with them, have conversation with them, share with them what's going on in your life. I'm not talking about making all your conversations about you, but I am saying be willing to be open, honest, mm -hmm. vulnerable. This kind of goes back to what you were saying in the beginning. If we're cultivating that kind of a personality among the relationship, then your child is more likely to, you've already kind of set the tone for we talk about things. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about things. So are kids vaping at your school? You know, so how did you respond when, you know, so-and-so said they felt like, you know, they wanted to commit suicide. So how did you, but again, sometimes because we feel ill-equipped, we avoid having conversations. Yeah, we just don't even go there. And the, I saw this graphic this morning, I'll send it to you mom, but it's, it's something like we, within the church now, in the past three months, 20% of teens pulled up said they struggle with homosexuality. That's kids that attend youth group yep. at least once a month. Yep. And 40% vape, 60% mm -hmm. depression and anxiety. That's kids in the church. Mm -hmm. 
that's not that's not the kids in, in the schools. So I feel like that's accurate to what you're experiencing. Oh, dude, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I yeah, absolutely. And not just me, every youth pastor around America. Yeah. We're all seeing it in you know, it's goes back to is the culture discipling your kids or are you? You yeah. know, it's like yeah. is is are you having those conversations because the world's having them <laughs> and and we're not. Yes. You know, and we need to get real about yes. that. Yes. And I think it's better again, I think because parents are so freaked out and afraid to have that conversation. They just don't have the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I would rather have an open, honest conversation about one of my children who has chosen a homosexual lifestyle or who is cutting or struggling or is considering having sex or what have you. And and again, if my response is no, no, you're not, blah, 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 and, and I just shut it down and I now all I've done is shame my child for one. Mm -hmm. um, so shame is not of God. Which so shame leads to disconnection. Yes. Yes. Which leads to more shame, which leads to more sin. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the cycle of the shame. The number one, you have to recognize the number, remember, our greatest human need is to feel, is to be connected with and to feel a sense of belonging. That is the whole role of parents. Mm -hmm. Our children should be able to connect with them. They should feel connected, whether they act like it or not. Now, we understand teens are going to be teens. We're not talking about how they're going to be all chummy with you. <laughs> but at the end of the day, does your child feel safe to connect with you even in sin? And because that is the number one goal. The number one goal the enemy has is not to turn your child into a homosexual. The number one goal the enemy has is to disconnect your child from you. Mm -hmm. And I would rather my child choose a homosexual path, lifestyle and still have connection with me than mm -hmm. to be disconnected. Yeah. You've got to recognize that that is the ultimate card for the enemy. That is the trump card. Disconnect, disconnect, disconnect. Mm -hmm. Yep, um, no, I'm with you all the way. I, and I have conversations with parents sometimes when they say, well, my, my son is struggling with homosexuality or my daughter's struggling with this. I'll say, you know, that's, you know, it, it's not uncommon, okay, first of all, so you're not alone. But also, I just want to ask, you know, I, I only have four or five years of being the youth pastor. Mm -hmm. And if we get all the way through my five years of being this student's youth pastor and they're still struggling with it at the end of this, that's, I mean, they might struggle with it their whole life. Like, and, and that's gotta be something that we're honest about too, right? Like, like there's sin that I still struggle with to this day and there's sin that, so we wrestle with these things. Homosexuality is a little bit more publicly than other sins. So that's why it's such a hot topic. But I mean, you can see the way we feel about it, right? Like it's, it's another sin, right? It's added to the list. Yeah. And yep, so it's yes. like, it's like if five years, all I've done is try to make you not gay, then I've missed it. <laughs> I mean, like, let me I love that you said that. I love that you said that. Listen, I, I was said to, I said to one of my clients today, look, God loves you more than he hates your sin. Yep. That's so true. God yep. loves you and God loves your children more than he hates your sin. And if you don't love your children more than you express a hate for their sin, you're going down the path, a wrong path. Mm -hmm. You got to express your love for your child more. And, and really, at the end of the day, let's face those hard things and say, look, if, if, if my only goal is to change the behavior and not really to help my child fall in love with Jesus, despite the behavior, yep. no matter what it is, mm -hmm. then, then I've made the sin or the behavior my focal point and not Christ. Yep. And we've missed it. We've missed it. We've missed it. 
Oh, such good stuff. So, so practically, we want to ask really good questions to help students, help your children self-discover. I asked, uh, um, I asked parents a lot of times, you know, we, we say, what were they thinking? What were they thinking? Mm -hmm. And when people say it to me, I'm like, no, you really should be able to answer that question. Yeah. If you can't answer the question, what was my child thinking? Go back to them and ask. I would love to discuss what was going on in that moment. What were you thinking? What were the yeah. thoughts that you had when you, were, when you were in that moment of making that decision? Should I or should I not have sex? Should I or should I not take that vape? Should yeah. I or should I not? Let's go back to that spot and I'd love to just connect with you on what you were thinking about. What emotions were you having in the moment? Right. Who was in the room? Were you feeling I mean, have those conversations yep. um, and, be, and you can't change it, but you can capitalize on it yep. so that moving forward, your child can process through the way they make decisions better and better. Yep, yep. Because, uh, I mean, decision-making is, these kids are learning it, right? Like, your brain's not done developing until you're 26, right? You're the, you're the brain health coach. So it's, you know, your, your brain is still developing these kids. They don't know how to do decision-making. <laughs> like, they have no I love idea how to do yes. that. And so that's something that when our kids make wrong decisions, because they will, they do, it's, it's more about, hey, you know, what's, okay, you made that wrong decision, we'll address that, but for now, let's shelve it. What's the next right decision that you can Ooh, make? I love that. You know? And uh, it, it's like that. Uh, what's the next right decision you can make? Yeah. And sometimes that next right decision, they've already made it. They've come and talked to you. Oh, right? that's so, so good. So, okay, yes. that's, a, that's a great decision you made to come and talk Just, to me about this. Yes, and say those things to you. Say it, They yeah. need to hear that. Yeah. I love that you came and talked to me, and I don't know how to respond. I'll even be honest. I don't really know what to do right now. I just want to. I just want you to know I love you. Yeah. That's an okay response. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, so, what's the next right decision that I can make, even when I've made ten bad decisions in a row? Because really, it's. I mean, even us sitting here, we're three bad decisions away from sitting in a jail cell. Like all of us are. You sitting there watching this, you could make one decision right now and sit in a jail cell for the rest of your life. Just honesty. That's honest. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for our kids, we're trying to, to take the take the bad decisions. Okay, you made a bad decision. Thank you for coming and talking about it. How, what's the, the next right decision you can make? Do we need to go talk to a teacher about this? Do we, if you cheated on a test, do we need to throw out the babes? Do you need to show me where you keep them? Let's start making some right decisions. Mm -hmm. and, and I think we talked about this the other day. When you start winning, when you make right decisions, it gains momentum because mm -hmm. it's contagious. Yeah. <laughs> In the same, same way that someone will string eight bad decisions together, you'll string eight good ones I together. Because it. It, it becomes habit, and the next thing you mm -hmm. know, I'm not vaping anymore. Because yeah. I've made a bunch of right decisions yeah. in a row. So let's let's put, let me give you some key questions just for practicality's sake of some things you that can really help your teenager really think. But then remember, you want to give them space to really think through some of these answers. And you touched on one. One is, what can we do? How can we partner together to turn this situation into a win? Mm -hmm. Now I'm I'm attaching when I'm talking about discipling the soul. I'm I'm teaching my child how to process, but then I'm also going to connect that with a biblical truth, which is everything the enemy uses for evil intends for evil. God used for good. All things work together for the good of God. I'm going to attach that to scripture. So you know what? Here's the deal. Like we're sitting in here. I understand you've made this mistake. 
my soul is like hurting for you, whatever. But I know that God says, even this, he wants to turn into a win for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So have that conversation. So you're giving them hope. You're reinstilling hope. You're letting, and you're reinstilling hope most of all by affirming them that you still have hope, that you don't Mm -hmm. find them hopeless, that you don't find your situation hopeless. You're like, okay, let's discuss what would make this a win. What would a win look like? And how can I partner with you Mm -hmm. in the win? So that's that. Does it look like getting the bait, doing this? So that's question number one. You touched on question number two earlier, which is, is this who you want to be? Mm-hmm. Um, who, do you, who do you want to be? Is that who you want to be? Is that what you wanted to do at that time? Yeah. So you're really addressing, really asking them, like helping them self-discover, what do you want out of this relationship? Look, I don't want you to have sex with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. I can sit here all day and tell you and give you all the biblical reasons for why I don't want you. But at the end of the day, I want to know your thoughts. What are your thoughts? What do you feel like? What do you think are your boundaries? Um, and I want them to make this, and then I'll invite God into it and say, well, let's tell you what, how about you pray about it for three days? I'm going to pray about it for three days, and then let's come back, because we've got mom's opinion, we've got kiddo's opinion, but we want to come back with the Holy Spirit's opinion. Right. Right? Yeah. So we're looking for those three things. So I'm asking those questions. Another question, and, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit in talking about it, and I I think, honestly, we could do an an entire episode on just (laughs) suicidal ideation, depression, cutting, all of those things. But let me give you this real quick tip. When we're we're dealing with students, um, adults, when I'm dealing with myself, when I'm dealing Mm ho-hum, I ask myself these questions. What in my life do I want to be different, Mm -hmm. better, or more? Mm -hmm. So just great conversation starters with your kids where you kind of kind of pull out those places in their life. You're pulling out, helping them discover what do I have a stirring for more of? So you're helping them discover what what, what is the passion that I have. You're also kind of pulling out places where they might feel discontent, where they feel uh, less than, like mm-hmm. they're not satisfied in their particular life. To an extreme degree, looking at kiddos with depression, really it's an internal temper tantrum. Yep. There are things in my life that aren't the way I want them to be. More, better, or different? Great questions to ask yourself on a regular basis when I'm fussy, when I'm angry, when I'm feeling discontent. I'll say, okay, stop. What is it in my life right now? I need to be different or I want to be different. It's a huge bullseye to ask yourself those three questions. Mm, yeah, that's so good. It's uh, those great, very practical questions that it's, you know, really instead of the how was school day and then just and then silence. Get it. Start using some of these things. Yes. You know? Hey, if you could have changed anything about your day, what would you have changed? Yep. Mm-hmm. Add that question. Make them think about their day. Make them think about interactions that they had. Yep. Decisions that they made. It's, you know, it's, life is just a series of decisions, really. You know, my decision to follow Christ, my decision to, to be called to ministry, my decision, but then there's also the decision to sleep with this person before marriage, the decision. I mean, it's your life is just full of decisions. And if we can help our kids become more self-aware of what they're feeling when they're doing decision-making, it'll save them a world of pain when they're, when they're older. <laughs> yes. If we can teach them that when, yes. they're, when they're 12 years old. So it's all great. One last thing. Mm-hmm. You mentioned in the previous episode, again, if you guys have not seen the episode, Um, creating a discipleship culture among students. Great episode. You're going to want to hear what Pastor Turner had to say. But you mentioned the idea of beloved, belong, behave. Mm -hmm. And 
that really captures spirit, mm -hmm. soul, and body. Mm -hmm. Our spirit desires to be loved, is designed mm -hmm. to be loved. Good. Our soul desires that belonging, and mm -hmm. then the body is the behavior piece. So I kind of connected that. But if you take that concept real, real intentionally and specifically speaking to parents, what does that mean to them in dealing with their children? How would you apply that? Yeah, so with the with that be loved piece, it's first and foremost, you're, I mean, you're the first relationship your kids will have. And one day, probably the last relationship you'll have. Um, and so there has to be that be loved piece in the relationship from the moment they're born until the moment you pass. And beyond that, it's a connection back to the love of God. And it's this, this is this discipleship piece. This is where this comes in. Yes. As the Lord loves me, so I love you. And there's times, you know, I, I know that my mom always has loved me, but I'm sure there's times where she probably, man, I love you, but I really don't like you very much right now because you're screwing up. So it's, it's going back to, I'm, what am I connected to? I'm connected to the vine, to the father, the father's love. And so I'm instilling that be loved in my kids, that belong piece. Like we talked about earlier, you belong in this family, this community, mm -hmm. and in community, this is the culture we create. We want it to be honest. We want it to be open. We're not going to be aggressive with each other. We're not going to be, you understand, it's, it's, we're creating this culture where you can talk to me about things can that you you're dealing with. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. You, you as a parent, you dictate that. I mean, you literally set the culture for your family. Um, and then that last piece will come because of the culture and because of the connection to the And it mind. will be easy because of the love. Yeah, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. And so it, it all intertwines uh, with each it's other. It's good. It's really good. So I think, again, not focusing on behavior, but focusing on the beloved, belonged first, and the behavior third. So mm -hmm. when you're sitting and having a conversation with your kiddos, remember that. Think about, like, have I first communicated that they are beloved in this family? Have I second communicated that they belong here? We want them here. There's purpose here. They are a part of our culture. They are a part of our family. And then finally, at the very, 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 very end, we're going to talk about the behavior. Yep. So, I, and I think, again, if we're honest, we flip that at best, or we just deal with or behavior. Or we only deal with behavior. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that sums up today. Remember, enforcing purpose it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.